Thank you for listening to the New Covenant Fellowship weekly podcast. We hope you're enjoying the messages. Unfortunately, we experienced unexpected technical difficulties this Sunday, which resulted in a very poor quality recording. Nevertheless, we would still like to make the message available to you, but we ask your forgiveness for the poor quality recording. The technical issues have since been resolved, and we expect to return to our high-quality audio performance next week. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy the message. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. Does anybody know what the last two days, Friday and Saturday, we celebrated in this nation? Veterans Day. Does anybody know what Veterans Day is? Does everybody know what it is? Well, for those of us who may not know, Veterans Day, November 11th, it's the time when we, we uh, commemorate and we thank and honor those men and women who have served in the United States military. And so those who have or may be serving right now, if you would please stand if you served in the military. service because we're going to do kind of a little clinic 
talk first and then, then do later. All righty? We good? We're like, well, it depends on what we're going to talk about. Let me get my technology. Yes, we need to talk about technology. Why oh, didn't tell you yet? No. Okay, you're about to find out. All right. We want to talk about what does worship look like? What does worship look like? You know, someone asked a question. It is a very good question. A brother in our church, he asked about a year and a half ago, asked this question. And it's not like he's still waiting for the answer. I mean, he's already got it figured out and everything. But he asked a question. We talk about worship a lot. We emphasize worship a lot. We love to worship and praise. But what does it look like? You know, because it can look like all kinds of things. But what does it look like from God's perspective? You know, last week we talked about, I shared Ephesians 1, 3, and it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. In other words, he has blessed us with everything that we need to live an abundant, powerful, and victorious life. Everything has been made available. And this treasure chest right here represents the place in heaven where everything is made available for us. Uh, to live a wonderful life, everything that God has made available for us. And we have access to it because, now this is in heavenly places, right? But Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places, right? Do we agree with that? And those of us who are born again, we are seated with Christ. Christ is in us for him in heavenly places. So we are seated next to the Father in Christ in heavenly places, the same place where all the goodies are. All right, you with me so far? But then it goes on and says in, in Colossians 3, 1 through 3, it says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. So it says, seek those things which are above. Why? Because God wants us to obtain those things that he made available. He wants us to live a victorious, overcoming, abundant life. And it's not just so that we can be blessed and we can feel good and we can be happy. Remember, we are his workmanship. We are his uh, masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works. He has created us to do good works that when people see, they will glorify the Father. Now, if I'm, if I'm overwhelmed, if I'm discouraged, if I'm depressed, if I'm, if I'm bound by all this stuff and, and I'm just barely surviving, then I'm probably not going to be doing too much to honor him. You know, in other words, the Bible says, let your light shine before men in such a way that they see your good works and glorify the Father. But if I'm so depressed and so discouraged and so overcome by sin and depression and, and bondages, then my whole focus is on me. I'm not caring about anybody else. Are you with me? But he hasn't created me to stay in that condition. He might have found me in that condition, but he didn't call me to stay in that, that condition. He has given me everything, one Jesus, two Holy Spirit, and he's made everything available for us in heavenly places so that we can overcome. Amen? Are you with me? And so it is important that he says, seek those things that are above. Technology keeps turning off. It says, um, seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, and set your mind on these things, not on the things on the earth, for you have gotten your life is hidden with Christ. So he's telling us to seek and to set our mind on, on things in heaven. So he's wanting us to gain access. And one way to set our mind on things in heaven, to set our mind on heaven, on Jesus, is praise and worship. That's one viable option, one powerful way to set our mind, our affection on heaven is through praise and worship.
Okay, so we talked about that last week. We talked about that at the conference. But what does worship look like? And that's what we want to talk about today. What does worship look like? You know, I was reading the other day that there are 18 to 20 words that the Eskimos have for snow. 18 to 20 words that the Eskimos have for the word snow. And guess how many we have? One. We got one word. We see snow, it's snow. But to the Eskimo, it can be a certain kind of snow. It can be a certain quality of snow. It can be a certain how much ice to snow ratio and all that kind of thing. And I don't know all the 18 words or the 20 words. I didn't study them. I didn't go to class for that. But there are so many words that they have for snow, and we just have one. And when they have, because they have all these words, there's so much meaning to them for snow that we lose in translation. Because we just say snow. And it's the same thing with the word praise. We say praise. We have one English word for the word praise, which is praise. And then the, but in the Hebrew, there are seven different words for the word praise. And so when we understand, so when we say praise, it's very limited in its meaning. But when we understand what God is saying when he says the word praise, then we can say, oh, that's what you mean when you say to praise the Lord. And so that's what I want to talk about today is what does praise look like? Uh, and I have uh, seven, actually 14 helpers. If you guys would get up and go ahead and stand over here to the side. There's seven that have the words, and there's seven holders of the word. So if we have less than 14 people up here, then I'm in trouble. I need someone to count them. Do we have 14? Do we have all seven words? Raise the words for me. Raise those up. Okay, the first word is uh, yada. And this means to the extended hand, to throw out the hand, therefore to worship with extended hands. So come on up here. Kids, come on up here so they can see. And she is yada, and she's raising her hands to extend the hands, to throw out the hands, therefore to worship with extended hands. Uh, Psalm 63, 5 says, you satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will yada you with songs of joy. Oh, that men would yada Jehovah for his loving kindness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. So yada. So the Bible invites us to yada, to praise him with extended hands. Okay? All right. And then the second word. Oh, you guys can step on that side. And you can yada all you want to over there. <laughs> all right. The second word is called now. Uh, those of you English teachers or Hebrew scholars in here, I will not be pronouncing the words correctly. Just a disclaimer up front, so I don't want you to get offended. Say, that's not how you say that word. Because you're right, that's not how you say that word. Okay, the second word is tada, T-O-W-D-A-H. And this comes from the same principal root word as yada, but it is used more specifically. Tada literally means an extension of the hand in adoration, avowal, or acceptance. By way of application, it is apparent in the Psalms and elsewhere that it is used for thanking God. Check this out. It is used for thanking God for things not yet received as well as things already at hand. So it's just like what she was doing, yada, but tada, he's praising with his hands extended, but it's like a, uh, in faith. It's like a sacrifice of praise. He or she hasn't received yet what he's or she's believing God for, but he's thanking God anyway. So like that. Exactly. In expectation. Um, 
Psalms 50, 23 says, whoever offers Yadah glorifies me, and to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. And so it's like the person is worshiping and praising God before the answer happens. It's a posture of faith. So when you see people, you know, not only Yadah, like what she's doing, it's just a, it's a, it's a sign of surrender. God, I just love you. I, I just praise you. I extol you with my hands lifted high. And then over here, he's doing the same thing, but it's also an anticipation. God, I haven't seen the answer yet, but I thank you that it's coming. God, I haven't seen the goodness that I'm hoping to see, but I know you're already good. Amen? All right. So, Mr. Tala, you got some over there. Getting it? All right. Number three. Barak. And this means to kneel down, to bless God as an act of adoration. So not only is it kneeling down, but it also means to lay prostrate before the God as well. So you can lay down. So sometimes in worship, you may see people laying down, and they're like, what are they doing? Are they dead? Are they tired of taking a nap? Well, they might be, so you might want to check and make sure they're okay. But, but a lot of times, and I felt that sometimes, I just want to lay prostrate before the Lord because you're just, one, you're overwhelmed with his goodness, or you just love him, or you want to take a nap, and it's a good time. No, but, and, you know, and the reason why it's important to understand this is because when you come into a worship service and you see people doing different things, you can think, oh, they're just doing that because they're emotional. Well, that's just like, that's how they like to do that. But we are being invited by the Father to express all these different ways to praise Him. Amen? All right. Thank you, ladies. And in Psalms 95, 6, it says, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us barak before the Lord, our maker. Psalms 34, 1, it says, I will barak the Lord at all times. That, sir, that, that one verse we're all familiar with, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Well, the word, it says, I will barak the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So when he's saying, I will barak the Lord at all times, in other words, he's saying, I will bless him by kneeling and laying prostrate before him simply because he's worthy. Is Shabbat. And it means to shout. Oh, yeah. To address in a loud tone, to command, to triumph. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, in Psalms 47 1 it says, Oh, clap your hands, all peoples. Shabbat to God with the voice of triumph. And this says Psalms 145:4 says, One generation shall Shabbat your works to another. And shall declare your mighty acts. One generation shall shabak. Shall shabak your works to another. We will shout to each other how good God is. And how powerful he is. How wonderful he is. In other words, we'll share our testimonies. But it's not in a quiet voice. It's not whispering. It's yelling. It's, it's, it's shouting. The word is encouraging us. Inviting us to shout unto the Lord. So when you hear some of these shouters out here. That you think, oh, they're just crazy. They're invited and they're expressing what God is inviting them, uh, in, in the way God is inviting them to express, through shouting. All right, thank you, ladies. You guys can move over here. Woohoo! Yeah! <laughs> All right, here's, a, here's another good one. It's called tequila. No, I did not say tequila. 
So calm down. It's Tehillah, and it's, it's derived from the word halal, and means the singing of halals. To sing or to laud, perceive, in, in, to involve music, especially singing hymns of the Spirit. Now here's some words. Psalms 33, 1 through 3, it says, Sing for joy in the Lord, O you righteous ones. Tehillah is becoming to the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Sing praises to him with a harp of tension. Sing to him a new song. Sing skillfully with the shout of joy. In Psalms 22, 3, it says, Yet you are holy, O you who are enthroned upon the Tehillah of Israel. Tehillah also is the new song, song of the Spirit. Sometimes you'll hear people singing in their prayer language, or you'll hear people singing. The words aren't even up there, but they're singing a song. They're singing a new song. It's a song coming out of their heart, out of their spirit. The Bible invites us to sing a new song unto him. In other words, we get to make it up. You know, the, the instrumentalists are, are playing the music, and we get the opportunity to come up with our own lyrics. And I personally believe those are God's favorite songs. I think the songs that we sing that have the words are to get us warmed up, so to speak. And there's some great songs. I mean, I'm not putting down the songs. But I believe he also wants us to enter into that place where we are singing out of our spirit, our prayer language. And also, even in our, our native tongue, we're making up words. We're just saying, God, I love you. You're so wonderful. You're so awesome. We're just making up words from our heart, expressing to the Father. Amen? All right. Thank you. Number six, zamar. This means to pluck the string, to pluck the strings of an instrument, to sing, to praise. A musical work which is largely involved with joyful expressions of music with musical instruments. There's some people say, well, you're not joyful. There you go. Some people say, well, you're not, you know, we, we need to not have instruments in the church. We need to not have instruments involved with praise. Right here in... Uh, in Psalms 57, 9, it says, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the people. I will zamar to you among the nations. Psalms 21, 13. Be exalted, O Lord, in your own strength. We will zamar your power. And so we are invited to sing, and the, and the Bible is full of it, psalms to praise the Lord on the uh, instruments, on the harp, the lyre, uh, singing new songs. So we're invited to sing and to praise Him with our instruments. So, yeah. All right, and the last one, and this is one of my favorite ones, and this is also for us quiet ones. Those of us who like to be quiet and stay to ourselves. No sarcasm. No sarcasm. Oh, none at all. None at all. None at all. But this word is halal, H-A-L-A-L. And this is to, check this out, to be clear, to shine, to boast, to rave, to celebrate, to dance, to be clamorously foolish. Get it, girl. <laughs> Psalms 113.1, it says, Halal the Lord, Halal, O servants of the Lord, Halal the name of the Lord. I substitute the word praise for the Hebrew word Halal. Uh, Psalms 149.3 says, Halal his name with dancing, accompanied by tambourine and harp. Psalms 150, verse 1 through 6. Halal the Lord, Halal the Lord, excuse me, Halal the Lord, Halal God in the sanctuary, Halal him in his mighty firmament. 
Hallow him for his mighty acts. Hallow him according to his excellent greatness. Hallow him with the sound of the trumpet. Hallow him with the lute and harp. Hallow him with the timbrel and dance. Hallow him with string instruments and flutes. Hallow with loud cymbals. Hallow with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath hallow the Lord. Hallow the Lord. So Psalms 150, that word hallow means to dance, to look foolish, to be foolish, to clam, you know, just to celebrate and dance before the Lord. And that's what she was doing. And the, and the reason why it's important for us to understand this is because when we see people dancing before the Lord, we can just write them off, oh, they're just emotional. Or they're just, that, that's just them. Trying to get you know, attention. Trying to get attention. And it could be. Just because someone is dancing doesn't necessarily mean they're doing it to the Lord. They could be doing it to get attention. But it doesn't mean that we're not allowed and we're not invited to do that. And it's not just about being emotional, but we are invited to be emotional. You know, the Bible says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Translation, love God with every part of your being. And where do we come off thinking that it's wrong to express emotion before God, the one who created emotion? I think there's a huge difference between, and in a second I want them all to be together. But I think there's a huge difference between serving your emotion and serving God. And I think a lot of times we say, you know what, I only feel like doing this. And we, we choose like something. I only feel like this. Like, I will do this, but I will not do something else. And so we choose. But you know when you choose what you feel like, you're actually choosing emotion instead of choosing what the Lord wants you to do? That's when we actually get to that place of serving emotion. And, you know, and it's, it's not within our, like, our nature to go, woohoo, you know. We think, oh, I'm so scared, they're going to judge me. Well, really, it's not about people. Right? We're doing it as unto the Lord. It's not for you guys. Not for me. Or it's for the Lord. And I just, sometimes we get, I think, that, that lost a bit. We tend to forget the one who we, from who we are worshiping. And instead we're putting so much eyes on what I want to do. Or what you might judge me for. Instead of, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because if we all really do all of this at one time, it's going to look really crazy. And sometimes that happens at one time, but also as we're worshiping in the spirit, there's kind of an ebb and flow. Does that make sense? You can like, when someone starts to shout, you can feel that inside. You can feel like, wow, this is the time to, to um, shout. And I just even want to give a testimony. Which one did you get? I think you're okay. Um, on just the shout, because um, growing up in the church and stuff, and Lord, showing me just worship and praise and just in every area of my life, showing me the importance of each aspect. But I used to love to be the quiet one. I used to love this. I'll just do that. And this is hard. If you're not used to worshiping and this is where you're at, this is a great first step. So it's like, you know, how many of you have raised your hand? Remember when you raised your hand for the first time and it felt like you had 100 pounds on you? You're just like, I can do this, right? I can do this. Okay, maybe this is okay. And you're just like, ah. And then finally you're like, okay, I'm going to surrender all. Yeah. You guys remember going through some abuse? Okay. And, and if some of you are here, awesome. Welcome. That, that's a great place. I, I don't want to dog that at all. 
to, where's my shouting people?
That's what you're going to become. If you worship your problems, guess what's going to happen? They're going to magnify. We're created to worship. And sometimes the thing I have to ask myself is, Lord, what am I worshiping in this moment? Because I for sure just want to worship you. And I know I let you choose to use me in whatever way you want to. Sometimes we ask why. God, why are you, why dance? Why shout? Why kneel? Why all these things? You know what the answer is? I have no idea. <laughs> and sometimes we don't know why it's important to shout. It's important to do these different things. But as I mentioned before, and I think it's important to say again, and unfortunately in our society, we've been trained, and some of our training really um, causes us to struggle in our faith walk with the Lord. Because over here, we have to, we hear a command, we need to understand why first before we're going to obey that command. And then, after we understand, then we'll choose, well, maybe I will or maybe I won't do it. We get stuck on the understanding. i got to understand how this works. i got to understand all this. You know, think about it. Do, do all of you understand exactly how a plane flies? You know, with all those laws? No, but that doesn't stop us from getting on it. Well, some of us. <laughs> but sometimes there are, there are people who will not move out or step out because they don't understand. And walking with the Lord, there's a lot of times, and that's not talking about checking our brains out of the door and, and saying just be totally ignorant or whatever. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what the Lord is requiring. But when he says something, I need to trust that, okay, God, I understand why, but I trust you, and I'm going to do this because you're saying and you're inviting me to do this. And a lot of times the understanding, most of the time, I believe, understanding comes on the other side of obedience. But we're waiting to understand first and then obey, and that's why a lot of Christians aren't moving into any kind of victory, any kind of power, because we're stopping and we're saying, when I understand, then I will do. You know, sometimes the Lord says, I want you to go over there. But why, Lord? Why, 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 why? Have any of you ever had supernatural experiences like the Lord told you to change lanes all of a sudden? Or turn and go this way. But Lord, I always go that way. I always go down Perkins Road instead of the main street. I, I don't understand. But those of us who have done it, he says, I want you to turn now. I want you to change lanes now. When you do that, and all of a sudden you see a disaster that, that you would just, you just avoid it. I remember one time I was coming down one of the streets, trying to give you the short version of this, and I was unintentionally exceeding the speed limit. And the reason why I say unintentionally, now I don't always unintentionally exceed. Sometimes. Anyway, that's a confession for another time. But, but this particular time, I was going faster than the speed limit allowed and said, because I was praising and I was getting excited and my foot was getting heavier. So I was, I was going a little fast. And, um, and at one point, someone yelled at me and said, slow down! Just like that. And it, it startled me and I took my foot off the gas and it slowed down. And right in front of me, a car ran a stop sign so if I wouldn't have slowed down, I would have been broadsided. And I realized that was the Holy Spirit that said, slow down. And he yelled because I was praising so loud that he had to yell so I could hear it, yes. But I could have said, why are you yelling at me? You just hurt my feelings. And then I probably would have been seeing him face to face because I didn't obey and I got killed. But the point is, 
let's not wait. If the, if the word says it, then I think I can trust him. And I know years and years ago, when I began to, when I learned about these words, these, uh, someone taught this, the seven words for praise and that kind of thing, and I learned these. And it was revolutionary to me because before I learned those, I had been participating. I had shouting and clapping and all that, but I thought it was just fun. And, and I'm more of a, not, I'm a non-quiet person anyway. And so it was just cool and fun. But then when I saw that the Bible commanded and invited us to, to express our gratitude and our praise to him and these words, Really, we get permission to act foolish? Okay, let me take that back. We get permission to sing and dance and, and clamorously enjoy and worship and, and praise God, to, to sing a new song, to dance before. We get permission to do that? And the Lord is saying, yes. That changed my whole life. Because then I realized I wasn't just doing this for me. I was actually doing this unto him because he invited me. Now, I don't know why. I don't understand why. But here is something like Lisa was talking about, this thing about the shouting. I believe one of the highest forms of warfare is praise and worship. I believe one of the highest forms of warfare is praise and worship. Read this verse real quick. In Psalms 149, it says, let the, verse 6, Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment to the peoples. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all his saints. Praise the Lord. Now I believe the peoples and the kings and everything he's talking about is strongholds. Our fight is not against flesh and blood but against principalities, powers, and in dark places. So I believe how this plays out. When we are praising and worshiping him, honoring him and loving on him, whether it's looking like the shout or the dance or the, the new song, or the playing on the instrument, or the lifted hands, or the bowing down, or whatever it looks like, there's some kind of execution of judgment going on in the enemy and his, his camp and his strongholds. And it could be the strongholds in your own life. You may get your breakthrough on the other side of praise. On the other side of expression of praise. On the other side of lifting your hands, it's like, I can't lift it. These things are so heavy. And all of a sudden, you're experiencing breakthrough like you never had before. There's a reason why he's inviting us. There's a reason. We may not understand it all, but I, I believe it's a good reason because the Father is good. Amen. One thing I would like to point out, I don't know if it's on your notes or just tell me. But one of the reasons you're entering into his presence is, you know, is praise. You know, we want, we're after It's not that the problem has changed, but it's that our heart has changed. 
So I believe part of praise and worship is aligning our hearts with his. Because even though he's with us, a lot of times our hearts aren't going the same direction. Do you know what I mean? Especially when life comes like a baseball bat tries to smack us around a bit. Or someone says something that's hurtful. Or we have deep roots of unforgiveness. Or we have deep struggles or issues of sin or something we're just having a hard time getting free. When we step into different areas of worship and we, the more we surrender our hearts, it brings a deeper freedom over our lives for us to walk in. But there again, the key word is surrender. <laughs> Praise and worship is such a time of surrendering, saying, I don't know God, but God, but God, you know. But God, I'm giving this to you and I'm giving you permission to work. You know, he actually needs permission to work in our problems and situations. He needs permission to work. And sometimes that permission is just us learning to surrender. It's learning us, even in our living room. I remember one time we had this thing happen in our house, um, and we were having a hard time of getting um, a water sample back. I mean, to somebody it was not a big deal, but to us, our whole moving into our house, you know, 17 years ago, depended on this water sample. And to I remember- To be able to dig a well and, and have septic put in. Yeah, thank you, yeah. And so sometimes I forget the details. I'm like, I don't know what she's talking about. And so all of a sudden, I remember just like, you know what? Lord, I'm just going to shout praise and victory. So I'm driving down the road, and I just like started just offering, shouting like, Lord, thank you for your answer. I just thank you that you are good and that nothing is going to steal us from getting into this house, that you are in charge here, not some other thing. Like, I just yelling and just lifting up. God, but you are good. And just, and you know what? When I got home that day, guess what came back? The water sample was passed. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I, I don't believe in coincidence, but there is times when we need to invite God, you, I need you, and I can't wait for Sunday. I need you, and I can't wait for this anointed team to start playing. And you don't have to wait right where you're at, in your car, in your living room, in your bedroom. You just start everything that we talked about here. God is going to lead you into your worship. You In Psalms, and David went to God and said, God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? And by the end, he's like, but God, but you, oh God, you, oh God, are the king of my heart, but you, oh God, are my answer. And he turns it all And that's what God's after. Praise and worship is your heart. It's my heart. It's our heart of surrender. Yeah. What we're about to do is, is the reason why now you can probably, now it's more clear as to why we switched the order of service is we want to talk about it and get something that we can practice. Right? Um, but I want to encourage you that, okay, now we talked about this, so now if I don't do it, I'm going to be rebellious and all that kind of stuff. I know that can, that can, you know, your mind can go there. That's not our hearts. I hope you understand that. We just wanted to share this, and hopefully it, it brings encouragement that, wow, we actually get to do this. We actually get to do this. And a lot of times in, in words, when I get excited about it, it's me aligning myself with the Father so that I can walk in and receive more of what he has for me. So that I could be that powerful light that he's called me to be to bring freedom to the captive. 
Because it doesn't just stop with me. It's about me and him. It's about him. It's about me and him. And it's about him through me to other people. And too many Christians get stuck on, it's all about them and God. While all these people out there are dying and hopeless and helpless and all that kind of thing. And I want to share one more testament, one quick testimony, and then we're going we're gonna to have an opportunity to praise the Lord reminded me of the day, it is so important to, to, for our declarations. You've heard us talk about declarations for a long time. And praising, some of the songs we sing are declarative songs. When we're singing about God, we're singing about how good he is. And some of them we're singing to God, oh God, I love you, you're so wonderful. There's different types of songs. And the Lord was reminding me how important it is to, to declare his truth and what he says. And a lot of times what I used to do, and I quit doing this, but I used to declare the favor of God over me and my family. Where we would experience God's favor working in us and through us. And I quit doing that, but then he reminded me I started doing that again. The other day I said, Father, I just thank you that myself, my wife, and my boys and my daughter, we walk in your favor. We walk in your favor. The next morning I wake up, and the Holy Spirit told me, he said, I want you to go to Walmart and see if they will help you with your tires. I live on a gravel road. I go through, uh, I've been going through a whole bunch of tires flats two times a week on this one vehicle. And so I recognize, okay, it's so the kind of tires I'm getting. Well, I've been buying these tires, just realized it's the kind of tires I'm getting. I need to get a higher grade tire, which means more money, right? Which means, okay, I need four new tires. That's going to be a lot of money. But the Lord told me, go and appeal to them and ask them if they will help you with this. So I go to them and I say, I speak to a manager. I talk to a manager. I explain the whole situation. Now, none of this is their fault. So it wasn't like I was a complaining customer saying, look, you guys have done me wrong. Fix this. It wasn't that at all. It's like, look, I made some stupid choices. I need your help. That's kind of what it was. Would you help me with this? Well, needless to say, yesterday I was at Walmart. I have four brand new tires. Paying what it cost me over $500 for those tires. I paid $163. The four brand new tires. But here's the important thing. See, to me, the important thing is not the new tires, although I'm excited about the new tires, but important thing was the father spoke to me and said, son, this is what's important for you to do. He wants his favor to flow through his sons and daughters. He wants. But we have to align ourselves with him. Me declaring, Father, thank you for the, I just speak the favor of God over me and my family. He said, you need to do that. When Lisa says, you know, sometimes God needs permission to help us. He says to ask. See, God doesn't do, see, it's, it's not true that God's will is going to happen in your want, in your life, regardless. Because that takes away choice. That takes away freedom of choice. He invites us. Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and live it abundantly and live it to the fullness. But you have to line up with me. You have to do what I say. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll do what I say. We're not doing what he says, but we're still expecting the benefits. We're still expecting all this wonderful and all these things. But he says, son, you have to do what I say. As you obey me, you will walk in and experience the abundance that I have for you. If you don't obey me, you won't. And so praising and worshiping him will bring freedom that you've never experienced. Maybe the breakthrough you're looking for is on the other side of praise. That has happened with me several times over, and it continues to happen. I'll be miserable, I'll be upset, I'll be discouraged because of a circumstance. I just put on my praise and say, okay, turn it off the sports radio, put on praise. Father, I'm just worshiping you because you're good. Not because I'm seeking an answer, although I want an answer, but right now it's about you being good and I just love you. All of a sudden my perspective changes. My faith rises up. He gives me wisdom. 
And either the situation doesn't change, but my attitude has, or all of a sudden the situation changes, or he gives me wisdom to walk in a situation, and the situation changes. But either way, he's good. Amen? Yeah. 